It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio on 930 AM, The Answer, Apple Podcasts, and TalkLawRadio.com. I'm Todd Marquardt, your host. Today, we're recording uh, for the show so that you can learn about how to get your vaccine in San Antonio, Texas. And Marquardt Law Firm sponsors our show. Marquardt Law Firm focuses on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, tax-protected inheritance plans, new businesses, and old businesses, which might have issues with corporations, contracts, LLCs, FLPs, and we can represent those who are facing problems from lack of planning, like in guardianships or probate. Also, we have attorneys that work at Marquardt Law Firm who can advocate for you in a courtroom trial. Today's show is focused on a public service announcement about access and distribution of the COVID-19 vaccine, so we're going to skip the disclaimer about legal advice. Before we get started talking about the vaccine, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing, in failing to do your will. Please help Dr. Anita Kurian, Barbara Lambert, and me give good information to the listeners about how to get the COVID-19 vaccine in San Antonio, Texas. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me, talk about the law on the radio. Today our show is about the COVID-19 vaccine. Dr. Anita Kurian, Barbara Lambert, and I will discuss how San Antonio is informing us about the COVID-19 vaccinations, who is eligible for the vaccine, where they can get it, do they need an appointment, how do they get an appointment, how do they sign up, and how much does it cost? Barbara Lambert's our guest co-host today. Barbara, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? Well, I work for a company called Home to Home for Seniors. We are a free consultation and resource for anyone that needs to know the appropriate care options for a senior, the cost, and if there's any funding available. We're able to work for families at no charge as we are reimbursed for our consulting by the different entities that we work with across the United States. Great. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Good. Okay, so Dr. Curian works for uh, Metro Health in San Antonio. She's the assistant director. Uh, Dr. Curian, will you tell us a little bit about your education and experience that led up to you uh, serving in that role? So like you mentioned, I am the assistant director at Metro Health, and I oversee the communicable disease division at this uh, health department. So by virtue of this position, the pandemic, COVID-19 pandemic response has been uh, primarily my responsibility. 
Um, I have over 17 years of public health experience. Um, I used to be a general practitioner um, in my former life and then transitioned into public health and never looked back. Um, I, am, I have a, a master's in public health from Emory University, and I have a doctorate in public health from University of Health Science Center at Fort Worth. Uh, so currently I'm a practicing infectious disease epidemiologist overseeing uh, the, the diverse and complex communicable disease division at Metro Health. And I've been in this community for uh, slightly under four years. You've been in Texas for a long time, though. That's correct. I've been in Texas uh, for about 17 years, correct. Great. Well, thank you for being on the show. Uh, as you know, people are very interested in getting vaccinated, and so we just want to help you get the word out. Sure. Glad to be here. What are some ways, uh, besides this radio program, that Metro Health has been informing the public about how to get vaccinated? So we do have our, uh, all the information on our website and the City of San Antonio's COVID-19 website that shows our vaccination plans, um, the groups that are eligible to receive vaccines, the sites where the vaccines are available, and how to get to uh, these sites. So we use our website primarily to um, distribute the information. Um, we also take every opportunity to talk to the community, uh, opportunities like this, like what I'm doing today. Uh, we have held several town hall meetings uh, to disseminate the information. We do, I, I, I do presentations, so does many of my peers and colleagues do a number of community presentations out in the community to various segments of the population. So we take every opportunity that comes our way to disseminate the information regarding COVID-19 vaccines. Okay. Uh, Barbara, you told me you saw something on TV. To, this morning I saw that, is, and correct me if I'm wrong, please, that uh, WellMed is giving 9,000 shots and that there's a sign-up on the toll-free number today. Can you give us that toll-free number? So that toll-free number is 833-968-1745. So is that a, a Metro Health number? Is that a WellMed number? How does That's that work? So we have a number of COVID-19 vaccine providers in our community. And we primarily have three mass vaccination sites in Bayer County. So one is at the Alamo Dome, which is run by Metro Health and San Antonio Fire Department. The second one is at the Wonderland Mall of America, which is run by University Health System. And the third one is on the south side, which are the two well-med clinics. One is the Elvira Cisneros uh, Senior Community Activity Center, and the other one is the um, Alicia Trevino Lopez Senior One Stop Center. So the number that I just gave out, 833-968-1745, is um, to, to seek appointments at the well-met locations at the Cisneros Senior Community Center and the Lopez Senior Community Center. Um, I just also want to say that we recently started to inform uh, the community residents of appointments being released ahead of time we recently started a text alert system to alert residents on when appointments become available at any of these three mass vac sites. So residents who wish to uh, receive updates about COVID-19 vaccination availability 
they can sign up to receive text notifications directly to their cell phone. So to opt in, you can text vaccine to 55000 or vacuna to 55000. By signing up, um, you will receive text notifying you of which locations have available appointments. And opting into this text alert um, will not sign you up for a vaccine or add you to a wait list. So this is just an additional method to inform everybody in the community um, as to when new appointments become available and which sites this appointments become, are available. That's great. Thank you for sharing that additional method. So, Dr. Kirian, just for our listeners, so you do, do you have to be a WellMed patient to go to the WellMed vaccination clinic or a UT no. Health patient to go to UT Health? So the, the mass vac sites that I listed, the one at Alamodome, the one at Wonderland Mall, and the two WellMed sites, uh, these are designated as mass vac sites because it's open to the general public. It is not restricted to just their patient population. But okay. the one for UT, maybe you do need to be a patient there? For UT, you may need to be a patient there. But again, um, they are changing their practices as well. Uh, they are partnering with us to um, ensure that certain critical populations um, get vaccinated. Well, let's talk about that next. Uh, where are we on what populations can be vaccinated today? So currently, uh, we are vaccinating people who are in Phase 1A, uh, which are your frontline healthcare workers and residents at long-term care facilities. And Phase 1B, these are uh, people 65 years of age and older or 16 years um, and older with underlying medical conditions. And more recently, uh, we also have, um, two days ago, I should say, uh, we also have added uh, teachers, um, uh, school and uh, daycare personnel to this list of uh, folks who are eligible to receive vaccines currently. So these are uh, um, the, uh, the, the U.S. Department of Health um, had directed states to expand the vaccine eligibility to include people who work in schools and childcare operations. And in the light of this um, federal directive two days ago, all, all vaccine providers in Texas were directed immediately to include these personnel in vaccination administration and outreach. So currently we are vaccinating phase 1A, phase 1B, and school and childcare personnel. Okay. How are we coming along with getting those residents vaccinated in long-term care facilities, assisted livings, memory cares? How, when, how much longer till we see that close to 100%? So I can tell you right now, the folks who are eligible to receive vaccine, these are these three critical population groups that I just listed. We have about 1.6 million, slightly about 1.6 million uh, that belong to this category. And we have fully vaccinated since the beginning of the vaccine rollout. We have only fully vaccinated 10% of these populations. So wow. we do have a long way to go. We do. <laughs> Barbara and I were wondering, how, how are those uh, vaccines going to be given to, to people who maybe received one dose, like in a, a nursing home, and then maybe they've been discharged? How do they get their second dose? So... Uh, 
state is uh, issuing uh, second dose allocations to providers who have received the first dose shipment. So you can either, if you have discharged, you can go back to the provider where you received the first dose to get your second dose. If not, uh, you know, contact your home health agency or your uh, uh, doctor's office or even your uh, doctor's office who have, or doctors who have practicing privileges in certain hospital systems to see if the vaccines are available. So, Dr. Kirian, for an example, I had someone that was in rehab and he discharged out of rehab. He's homebound, pretty much bedbound. Home health is coming in. So is it possible that home health could give him his second vaccination? He got his first one while in rehab and now mm-hmm. he's back home and, you know, he's he's really teetering with that window of getting that second vaccination. So home health may be able to help him out. Absolutely. Home health and hospice, uh, they they can uh, vaccinate their homebound patients. Uh, the only caveat is that they should have, they should be registered as a COVID-19 vaccine provider, which most of them are already. I didn't know that. Thank you. That's great information. Okay, we've got to take a break. Uh, we'll come back in just a second. If you recently moved to Texas from out of state, your current will, trust, and power of attorney may need to be reviewed and updated. Wills and powers of attorney are state-specific, so it might be a good idea to meet with a Texas attorney. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trust, and powers of attorney. They'll develop a strategy to tax-efficiently protect and preserve your assets, reduce family conflict, and maximize government benefits. Call today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt, on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, Apple Podcasts, and TalkLawRadio.com. You can also stream live at 9.30 a.m. The Answer.com. Today's show is about the COVID-19 vaccine in San Antonio. Dr. Anita Curian, Assistant Director with San Antonio Metro Health, Barbara Lambert, Elder Care Advisor with Home to Home for Seniors, and I are discussing how San Antonio is informing people about the vaccinations, uh, who's eligible, and how they can get it. Um, Now let's talk a little bit about how to get an appointment. So, Dr. Curian, uh, when somebody calls one of these numbers, uh, can you describe for the listeners what they're likely to experience? So uh, each of the three mass vaccination sites that I just uh, I had listed earlier, the Alamo Dome, Wonderland, Mall of America, and development sites, um, they have uh, different options to reg- uh, on on how you, how one can get the appointment. So at the Alamo Dome, there are three ways you can get the appointment. So we have an online registration portal uh, that goes live when we receive a new shipment of vaccines, um, and we have new slots of appointments available. Um, we also allocate a designated number of vaccine uh, slots to 311. Uh, this is to um, address uh, the digital divide issue and folks who probably might have difficulty typing in mm-hmm. or getting in through the online portal. Um, we have a third option where we, we enlist our community health workers who block walk areas with high COVID-19 burden. Um, or, or where we had highest number of COVID-19 cases or deaths. So they block walk and also recruit folks who belong to the three, uh, three categories, the phase 1A, 1B, and the school and child care personnel. So there are three ways to register for appointments at the Alamo Dome. 
Uh, now, at the Wonderland Mall of America, which is run by University Health System, uh, they have a registration portal that is up on their website, and you can register through that registration portal. And the third um, site, which is the WellMed, I said, um, I had mentioned earlier, have a phone line to register. Um, and I know it can be uh, frustrating, and it is a great stressor, you know, when, when the appointments open and you have limited appointments and you have, you know, the, the demand for vaccines far exceeding this to be the, the supply that we have in our community. Well, I'm glad to hear about the block walking. Uh, somebody asked me uh, about that specifically. They were, they were saying, please tell uh, Dr. Curian that that would be a good idea. So I'm glad to hear that y'all have already started that. That's correct. And I, I just want to uh, make one small correction. So the block walking by community health workers are done for recruiting to the Alamo Dome sites um, and as well as the WellMed Clinic sites. So both these locations have this additional modality of um, uh, release or of enrolling uh, folks into the um, site. Okay, so they can get an appointment, they can register uh, online or by telephone. What, when they get there, uh, what are they likely to see? What would their experience look like once they arrive? I can talk about the experience at Alamo Dome. Um, we, you know, as long as you 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 have met those criteria and then you have registered, um, there is a there is a staging area in one of the parking lots at Alamo Dome where we make sure that you are who who you say you are. You know, bring a photo ID. We just want to make sure we're giving the right vaccine to the right person. And then you will be, once the staging, uh, once you, the staging area, I think you spend maybe 20, 30 minutes, uh, uh, tops 40 minutes, um, depending upon how many appointments we have for that day. And then they are moved in through the check-in and uh, get their shot and they're out. So on a good day, uh, you should be out within 45 minutes um, to an hour from the time you drive into the staging area of Alamo Dome. Okay, and is the fire department helping out with that? Absolutely. Fire department uh, is, is the biggest partner we have. Uh, so this is a jointly run operation between Metro Health Department and the fire department. And we have San Antonio Police Department as well assisting us with crowd control and uh, management of traffic. Okay. Dr. Curian, I've heard um, some discussion, and if you can squelch the rumor if it's not true, that at the end of the day, that there's been a little bit of a problem with leftover vaccines from people that didn't show up. Do they have to be destroyed, or can someone who is maybe not in phase one or two, or phase A or B, come at the end of the day in hopes of getting a vaccine if there's any left over? Absolutely. At the end of the day, if we have overdrawn doses, and I can tell you this is, this is not just our operations at Alamodome, across the board, um, we make we do not throw away any vaccines or waste any any dose. At each of at any of these sites, so we make every attempt not to overdraw to begin with, um, and then if we if we do end up with some extra doses, we've always managed to put it into the arms. And yes, if we cannot find people who are uh, eligible or currently eligible to receive the vaccine, we make sure that gets into the arm of any person so that the, we can get hold of. At the end of the day, could Todd or someone? as young as him or younger, could they just show up at a clinic towards the end of the clinic hours in hopes of getting a vaccine? So this is about, what, six weeks of our operations. By this time, uh, you know, in the beginning, that was the case. 
but now we are much more prepared to handle these overdraws. So we have a list of stakeholders we can call um, that have a list that that keep a running list of eligible people that can come down at a moment's notice to get the shot that might have been overdrawn. You probably don't want a crowd of people at the exactly. end of the day. Right. <laughs> I was I, I, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't recommend that. That was happening way at the beginning of our operations. But now, you know, everybody is much more wiser and more experienced. So we have identified stakeholders, be it doctor's offices or uh, um, home health agencies um, or your dialysis unit patients. You know, we, we have identified these stakeholders who keep a running list and they are aware that should we have overdrawn doses at the end of the day that we will be giving them a call and they will be um, they will make sure that eligible people come down to our location at a moment's notice. Can we talk about some other myths and some other common questions like um, do you have to have health insurance? Will the health care workers, will they ask uh, somebody for their health insurance card? If the, when they go to the vaccination clinic, yeah. yeah. Will they ask for a health insurance yeah. card? Not, not at the Alamodome, we don't. Uh, the federal gov- government is providing vaccines free of charge to all people living in the United States, and, and it is covered both by private and public insurance companies. Now, having said that, we at the Alamodome do not collect insurance information. Hmm. Do, do you know if they do at WellMed? At the WellMed clinic? Because I had a, a, the vaccination, and they did ask everyone there, um, I was out of state, though, not here, for their insurance card. I am not sure about WellMed. That's something that I have to look into. But I can tell you, nobody gets turned away from these mass vac sites because, uh, because they don't have insurance or they are in, uh, their inability to pay any, any sort of administration fee. Great. So there's no fee at all to anybody, correct? That's correct. It, vaccine is free of charge. It's provided by the federal government to us. What about the homebound that aren't able to get out? They're not on services of home health or hospice. How I heard uh, the fire department in some areas maybe was distributing the vaccine. Is that true? Uh, that is correct. Uh, we do have a homebound senior vaccination program. And again, this is a collaboration between Metro Health, uh, San Antonio Fire Department, Meals on Wheels, and Saha. Um, but this is, uh, uh, again, a small operation. Uh, this is a climate of limited vaccine supplies. Uh, so approximately 1,000 vaccine doses are allocated to this program every week, uh, wherein um, SFD staff from the Mobile Integrated Health Unit, they visit the homebound seniors to administer the vaccine. Um, this program began in on uh, January 1st, and I just want to point out uh, currently, they are busy administering the second doses for the next four weeks. So once they are done with the second dose administration, then, uh, you know, we will start with compiling a list of homebound seniors again that are needing to be vaccinated. But would they call the, the same numbers, sign up in the same ways? So you could reach out to SAFD um, uh, and they, can, they, will, they will start compiling the list or any of these partners that we've listed, either reach out to Metro Health. Um, or meals on wheels or Saha, and they can they can okay. ensure that you get on the list. So generally, once you get that first vaccination, you are right there on the spot scheduled for your second vaccination. Is that correct? That is correct. As soon as uh, by the time you check out, the last process of checking out is getting your second dose registration. When will San Antonio receive the Johnson and Johnson vaccine? 
I am uh, not exactly sure of the date. Uh, State, State Department of State Health Services did uh, about two weeks ago asked all the local uh, health departments if they are interested in receiving Janssen and Janssen, Johnson vaccine. And yes, we had raised our hands. We have expressed interest and we are willing to receive and administer that. But I don't have an ETA on that um, vaccine arrival just yet. Do you feel that the Johnson and Johnson is just as safe for seniors as the Moderna and Pfizer? Because I was thinking the Johnson and Johnson would be such a better option for seniors because many times a senior forgets to go for the second vaccination. Um, yes. Uh, so uh, I, I, I want to say Janssen, the Janssen vaccine, it's a single dose vaccine. It's recommended for use in anybody 18 years and older. Um, and we don't have a preference um, on on which vaccine uh, to administer, right? Oh, there are currently three FDA-authorized vaccines, and we don't have any preference as to which one um, is better or which one is, is, is more recommended. Uh, but certainly, like you mentioned, because it's a single dose, some of the options or some of the venues to use Johnson Johnson's would be for people who want to be fully vaccinated pretty quickly mm-hmm. with a single dose, um, who don't want to return or cannot return for second dose for, for any reason. And then uh, certainly mobile mobile um, populations or homebound populations or transient populations where, you know, we may not get them back for a second dose. Okay, we're going to take another quick break. If you recently moved to Texas from out of state, your current will, trust, and power of attorney may need to be reviewed and updated. Wills and powers of attorney are state-specific, so it might be a good idea to meet with a Texas attorney. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trust, and powers of attorney. They'll develop a strategy to tax-efficiently protect and preserve your assets, reduce family conflict, and maximize government benefits. Call today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. 210-530-427. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt is sponsored by the Marquardt Law Firm and does not attempt to solve your individual legal problems upon the basis of information contained herein. Instead, contact an attorney to discuss the specific facts and circumstances of your unique situation. The views and opinions of this program do not reflect the views of the Salem Media Group. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Today our show is about the COVID-19 vaccine. Dr. Anita Kurian, Assistant Director with San Antonio Metro Health, Barbara Lambert, Elder Care Advisor with Home to Home for Seniors, and I are discussing how the city of San Antonio is getting the word out about vaccinations uh, where do they get it? How do they get an appointment? And how do they sign up? Uh, our next question, Dr. Curian, is about the homeless population. Uh, would you clarify how they're being reached? Um, so we partner with Haven for Hope and other homeless coalitions locally here. Um, we also partner and work closely with Department of Human Services. So uh, we rely on them to identify folks who might need vaccine and, uh, you know, make sure that they get it. 
Um, and and uh, if if we have uh, folks um, on the streets at uh, one of these locations that our community health workers are block walking, they ensure that they get enrolled and uh, brought to the NASVAC site. So we also partner with ViaLink for folks who do not have transportation uh, to come to our sites to receive the vaccine. So there are a number of these modalities to uh, make sure they are uh, cared for and served as well. Okay, thank you. Uh, another question is, uh, besides the, the mass uh, vaccination sites, um, do you know if vaccinations will ever go to, like, the pharmacies? HEB, Costco. Right. CVS. Yes. Yes. So there are two ways vaccines can come into our community, right? So one is the uh, allocations or vaccine allocations coming from the Department of State Health Services. And the other way is through direct federal allocations. Um, so most of these retail pharmacies, um, HEB, Walgreens, uh, CDS, they have state allocations as well as federal allocations. So many of these pharmacies are now getting vaccines, um, either through the state or the feds, um, and, and should be giving out. Uh, mind you, these number of doses are pretty small to begin with now. But we, we certainly expect those allocations to go up uh, in the coming weeks. Um, and if, if you are interested in getting the list of vaccine providers in our community, uh, or even uh, for the state of Texas, you can um, visit uh, the state website. And we will also be putting this on our, on our website. It should be upcoming next week. But currently, you can visit www.dshs.com dot texas dot gov slash coronavirus slash immunize slash vaccines so if you go on the texas department of state health services page click on vaccine information um, you have a dashboard that lists all the vaccine providers in every community across the state of texas will list if they have vaccine available yes that's correct Okay. And, and I would say, you know, just to be safe, because the doses are limited, right? So they may be allocated, but by the time you reach to that location, maybe they are out of those doses. So they also have a contact information listed. So my advice would be to call that number before you show up. Are they taking appointments? Do you know? Um, everybody has different ways of doing it. So some, some locations, HGB, I know, have walk-ins. Um, but, you know, call call ahead of time. Okay. Learned uh, a lot on this call. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have a couple other myths before you have to go, doctor. Uh, one is, uh, what's your recommendation for pregnant women? Is there a blanket recommendation to be vaccinated? That's a good question. So pregnant women may choose to get vaccinated. Um, there is currently no evidence that the antibodies that are formed from the COVID-19 vaccinations cause any problems with, vac- with the pregnancy, including development of the placenta or the fetus. And so women who are trying to become pregnant now or who plan to try in future, 
they may receive the COVID-19 vaccine when it when it becomes available to you when they are able to get it. Um, there is no routine recommendation for taking, and I just want to mention this, I get asked this all the time. There is no routine recommendation for taking a pregnancy test before you get COVID-19 vaccine. And if you still have any questions or concerns about getting vaccinated, you know, talk to your uh, OBGYN or your PCP who might um, help you to make an informed decision. But at this time, pregnant women may choose to get vaccinated. Okay, one one more question before you go, hopefully, is uh, how long will these vaccines last? Uh, how long will somebody be uh, protected from infection? We don't know how long the protections last. Uh, for those who are fully vaccinated, uh, you know, we are learning more each day about both the natural immunity as well as the vaccine-induced immunity. Uh, what we do know for a fact is that COVID-19 has caused serious illness and death in a lot of people. So if you get COVID-19, um, you also risk giving it to your loved ones, you know, or people around you. So getting a COVID-19 vaccine is a safe, um, safe choice at this time. Now, having said that, I also want to say these vaccines are pretty effective in, uh, in preventing uh, illness. So two doses of Pfizer vaccine, it's up to 95% effective in preventing uh, COVID-19 infections. Moderna is uh, two doses is is up to ninety four percent effective in in preventing infections. So, vaccines are safe, effective choice in preventing infections. Although we don't know exactly how long the immunity will last at this time. Thank you, Dr. Kurian, for uh, joining us today on Talk Law Radio. We appreciate you so much. I know that you have to go. My pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you Dr. for having Curian. me. Uh, with me now is Barbara Lamber, Elder Care Advisor for Home to Home for Seniors. And we're going to finish out our show talking about her experience with the elderly population and what they've been going through uh, throughout this pandemic and with the Texas deep freeze a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Barbara, you did a survey uh, about, well, tell us about the survey. Right. So I wanted to know what the number one question you would want to ask a nursing home or an assisted living long-term care facility after this winter storm and all the uh, chaos we saw from loss of power, broken pipes, uh, loss of water, boil orders for water. And the number one thing they wanted to know was, do you have a generator? because the generator probably could have prevented the broken pipes, which would have prevented a lot of problems. And some of the facilities that experienced some broken pipes, there was a lot of shuffling around that had happened to the residents, which is upsetting when you're elderly. Change is not something that works well with elderly. And when the change is so abrupt as it had to be, uh, for safety reasons, it was, it was a hard time for a lot of them. I, the stories I was hearing uh, were similar to what would happen if there were a natural disaster like a hurricane. 
the shuffling around, like you said, and the family members being concerned and in distress over how is my mom doing, how is my grandmother doing. Right, and then there was the concern of you know, with the shuffling around and the you know, six uh, feet of isolation, or not isolation, right, but distancing. The, the pandemic protocols as well. Right, and people couldn't, you know, can't get in because of the pandemic protocols mm-hmm. to see their loved ones. So it was, it was, I think, a lot of lessons were learned, unfortunately, at that time. It's too bad that not everyone was 100% prepared, but who in Texas would have ever expected this to happen? But now we know it can happen and how to better prepare. So some facilities were totally prepared, generators, no hiccups, and others totally unprepared, and there were problems and things that need to change with them. Yeah, so bring your pen and paper next time you're going to interview the administrator at a community or facility for long-term care purposes. Uh, you see a lot of people go into those uh, need that type of care, the type of people that you work with, right? Right, right. So the um, during the pandemic, it's a lot of people went into freeze mode because we didn't know They're what to expect. They're staying home, you mean? Yeah, but, yeah, not freeze from the winter <laughs> freeze, but um, you know they were they just. Uh, chose not to make a decision to do anything because of the fear factor of getting the virus or if you had to move your mom or dad to the assisted living, when would you be able to see them again because the lockdown and the rules got so tight and then they would loosen up and then they would tighten down again. And it was very concerning and very fearful to leave somebody alone. And I think that studies have shown or experience has shown that family disconnect, not being able to visit these seniors, has been extremely detrimental. So I'm glad to see that the vaccinations are happening and we're able to get more uh, connection to the family reestablished at um, a rate that is, it seems kind of varying across the board. I think that's mainly by facility or type of care that is going on in the facility that determines the visitation. But Health and Human Services, I think, is a good uh, resource to, if you have any questions about visitation, whether you can have it, if it's going on too much, or why you can't have any, um, that would be a good place to to go or call your local ombudsman for that information Mm -hmm. because they're a great person to advocate for you and intervene if necessary. And so there's regulation, more regulations on the types of communities that are licensed and regulated by the state, but there's other resources out there uh, for getting care for a a loved one who needs care. Uh, And so let's talk about that after we take another break.
If you recently moved to Texas from out of state, your current will, trust, and power of attorney may need to be reviewed and updated. Wills and powers of attorney are state-specific, so it might be a good idea to meet with a Texas attorney. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trust, and powers of attorney. They'll develop a strategy to tax-efficiently protect and preserve your assets, reduce family conflict, and maximize government benefits. Call today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, Apple Podcast, and TalkLawRadio.com. Now I'm talking to Barbara Lambert, Elder Care Advisor with Home to Home for Seniors, Uh, And we're talking about what it's been like over the past year for seniors that need additional care uh, during the pandemic and some of the experiences that we've been hearing about over the last couple of weeks when uh, Texas was frozen. Barbara, we, we just mentioned that there were some restrictions for visitation at communities like nursing homes and memory care. Uh, What other options are there for seniors that need help? So, of course, there's always the in-home care. The in-home caregiver, they can come in and provide care. Um, There's also home health that can come in and provide some limited services, physical therapy, speech therapy, occupational therapy, Uh, Medicare paid for and then there's also hospice and some of the another issue that I saw was that the senior was reluctant to have these caregivers in their home because the caregiver may work for Mrs. Smith on Monday and Wednesday and then Mr. Jones on Tuesday Thursday and Friday and so they did not want a traveling caregiver Mm -hmm. they wanted a designated caregiver so in some cases they were able to get that. The caregiver was dedicated to them and them only. And we saw some of that with uh, hospice and home health. But it, it didn't necessarily make the senior feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody does need that 24-hour care and the nursing home and the assisted living with the uh, lockdowns that were going on and the limited visitation, another option was the smaller Um, care, assisted living. I call them the micro-assisted living. They come in a variety of sizes that became very popular, you know, now and during uh, COVID. Some people call them residential care homes, care homes, personal care homes. And I think the reason for their popularity was smaller numbers, smaller risk. Mm -hmm. So they were anywhere from three people to 16 people. And so it really minimizes the risk and it enables that family member to be able to visit a little bit more safely than when you have these large numbers. And so a caregiver has all these options, home health, a nursing home, assisted living, uh, micro assisted living. How do you help them narrow down their their options so that they find what they want and need? So a lot of that is done through our consulting, which is free of charge, because we need to gather a significant amount of information to have a successful match with a level of care 
and with the senior that needs care. So we gather information about their health needs to make sure that um, any facility or community that they're going to can provide that correct level of care. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. Um, I see a lot of mistakes are made when um, people are just choosing from a list that maybe they got from the hospital or the rehab because the Medicare clock is ticking and they have to make a fast decision. And they go to a place that maybe looked pretty or was a better price or was conveniently located, and it isn't the right level of care. And so, hence, we've got another move that's going to take place, and that's just too upsetting for a senior. So we try to do one move and only one move to get that right the first time. So the clinical needs come into play. The desired geographic location of the person who's going to be looking after them or checking in on them the most and then also the financial ability to pay. We look to see what um, the budget is, if there's any other financial resources out there, both within um, the household or within the community, and um, match that up. And then we also find out about the social needs of the person. What kind of life did this person live? Did they were they you know very social with a lot of people, or do they prefer to be more quiet and more alone, a little bit more introverted, because when you take somebody who's maybe 94, who's lived alone for the past 30 years or more Mm -hmm. in the same home, and you move them into a community where now they're having every meal with 40 other people, it's it's a big change. Moving from your home is a big change. Mm -hmm. And then to change that whole social environment um, that they're used to, that they've been used to, is a big change. So sometimes it can be very good and sometimes not. So we need to find out a lot about the person that needs care and how they feel about the care um, and making that good match. I, I hear a lot of people that are just overwhelmed with the process. There's so many options out there. Right. So many options out there. And, um, you know, you need to go look. Once um, And pretty much now you can look. So you need to go look and see if you can see your mom or dad in that environment. Do these people look just like your mom or dad? Or do they look like they're needing significantly more care than your parent? Um, and, you know, because that population changes all the time. And so that's also important in, in getting that good fit for them. Mm-hmm. I remember Mr. H., said at one time he needed to move because everybody there was uh, so much worse than he was. He had nobody to talk to. Right. That's important. (laughs) That's important. If uh, everybody is so far along in their disease process uh, that they aren't communicating, they're, they're just, you know, wanting to make it to the next day. And then you bring somebody in who is, you know, just needing help with bathing and, uh, medication management and Mm -hmm. maybe um, transferring from the wheelchair to the bed and and such, they're pretty high functioning. That's just not a good match. Right. (laughs) It's not a good fit. Well, I'm so glad that you were here to help answer and ask questions with uh, Dr. Kurian about the vaccine. Um, We learned a lot. We did. We did. We got lots of information that we can pass on to our clients. And if you missed that first part of the show, 
you can watch it again on Facebook or you can uh, tune in to Apple Podcast or TalkLawRadio.com and listen all over again. I just wanted to mention something about Marquardt Law Firm because Marquardt Law Firm sponsors the show and they focus on uh, business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. Sometimes a person's legacy is his or her business, and sometimes it's money for college to the next generation. Sometimes it's that person's favorite pair of boots. Everyone over the age of 18 needs to have at least a last will and testament, a financial power of attorney, a medical power of attorney. If you're particularly concerned about your medical treatment options, you can put those wishes in writing, and you may need advice and consultation about how to tailor that to your specific preferences, including your treatment options if you develop complications due to COVID-19. That's right. You can instruct your agent under medical power of attorney to request and require specific treatment, or you can instruct your agent to refuse specific treatments. If you're interested in comprehensive and professional planning, contact an attorney. Marquardt Law Firm focuses on last wills, living trusts, tax-protected inheritance plans, probate and guardianship, So if you have questions about those things, give them a call. So this week we were talking about vaccines, but you can tune in next week and every week where Todd Marquardt, that's me, host of Talk Law Radio, can help you discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. Barbara, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Tav. It's my pleasure. Um, just say something again about your company. How can they contact you if they're overwhelmed with these choices? Sure. You can call us at any time. We answer the phone seven days a week. We have uh, a local number, 210-899-7080. Just if you want general information, most people don't know until they have the need to know. And that makes it very stressful, but that's when an advisor from home to home for seniors is especially important to have on your side to help you find that right type of care. But if you're curious and you want to look ahead of time, which is always a great idea to find out what the average costs are, what's available, and so that if something should ever happen to you or a loved one, and that decision needs to be made quickly, it's not all on the decision of um, your one of your adult children or worse yet, on the state, if you haven't planned ahead, uh, to make that decision for you, because that's very scary. So at least if you've had a chance to look and see something, you'll know a little bit more about what those um, assisted livings look like if that decision needs to be made quickly on the heels of a crisis. Great. Thanks again. See you next week. 
If you recently moved to Texas from out of state, your current will, trust, and power of attorney may need to be reviewed and updated. Wills and powers of attorney are state-specific, so it might be a good idea to meet with a Texas attorney. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trust, and powers of attorney. They'll develop a strategy to tax-efficiently protect and preserve your assets, reduce family conflict, and maximize government benefits. Call today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. 